Chuck asked me to do a song tonight. And the first one came to my mind. I thought I would do it. I've been on my way to heaven for a long, long while. Many things has happened, has clouded up my mind. Lord, I am more determined to walk the narrow way. I got more to go to heaven for than I had yesterday. There's golden streets to walk upon, a bell I'm going to ring. Brand new angel in the choir, I want to hear her singing. There'll be a lot of friends awaiting, and when I step through that gate, I got more to go to heaven for than I had yesterday. I've been through the lonesome valleys, I've climbed the highest hill. I know the joy of being in the center of God's will. I've watched the angels come and take my loved one home to stay. I've got more to go heaven for than yesterday. When there's golden streets to walk upon, a bell I'm gonna ring. A brand new angel in the choir, I want to hear her sing. There'll be a lot of friends awaiting when I step through that gate. I got more to go to heaven for than I had yesterday. is the truth. That is true. Your brother could sing it and know it through the truth. Something about being in the hospital at four o'clock in the morning. Just you and Brother Tiny and his daughter, her daughter. And there's Miss Wanda there. Her body's there, but that's she's not there. She's She's not suffering anymore. No more surgeries. No more bad days. No more difficulties. No more pain pills. No more meds. No prescriptions. No more hospital visits. It's over. It's over. It's over. If the Lord tarries, it's coming for all of us. It could be today. It could be today. Genesis chapter 28 tonight. Genesis chapter 28. We've been going through the book of Genesis, looking at these patriarchs. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the tale of the two sons. Remember Esau and Jacob? Esau and Jacob were in Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. If you missed the last message, which was a couple weeks ago. And you may think I'm being kind of hard on Jacob tonight, but Jacob deserved everything he got. <laughs> Jacob, his name was Supplanter. You basically called him Sneaky Snake. <laughs> He was a sneaky snake. You know, he kind of he learned a little bit from his mama. Mama was a sneaky snake. 
Remember they had your they had your favorites. We talked about how you know Isaac loved Esau, and of course it was it Rachel uh, who loved uh, who loved Jacob. Just not I mean Rebecca, excuse me, Rebecca who loved who loved Jacob, and uh, just wasn't good, caused problems. We talked about that, went through that whole thing. So let's pick up what's going on in their life. Uh, we know that Jacob had tricked him twice, took the birthright and the blessing, basically tricked him out of the inheritance. Imagine, folks, if your sibling tricked you out of your inheritance, how would you feel? You might want to kill him. <laughs> he said, you took the house? Yeah. You took the Harley? Yeah. <laughs> you took everything? Yeah. Took it all. What you got? Not much. <laughs> well, even spiritual folks might get a little upset at that. I've seen folks do a whole lot worse or a whole lot less. And uh, so Mama hears the fact that Esau has bad intentions towards his, towards his brother Jacob and says, basically, you better go. And so we pick up, we see de uh, Jacob's departure from home, Genesis chapter 28, verse 5. And Isaac sent away Jacob and went to uh, Panoram and to Laban, son of Bethel of Syria, and the brother of Rebekah, Jacob, and Esau's mother. Verse Verse 6, and Esau saw Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to uh, Panoram and, take, and to take him a wife from thence. That is to be bl uh, blessed by, by him. He gave him a charge saying, thou shalt not take a wife of a Canaan. And that's wise wisdom. He's not supposed to well, take a wife of those who inhabit the land, the Canaanites who are wicked, pagans. He's supposed to go to his father's house and take a, a wife from that, which he does. In Genesis uh, verse 28, verse 7, Jacob obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Pandararam, verse 8, and Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father, he says in verse 9, and went and they went Esau unto Ishmael and took unto the wives which he had had of Melath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abram's son, and, and the sister of Nebajah to be his wife. So Isaac did, I mean, uh, Esau did, did exactly what his parents told him not to do. Mary uh, outside of God's will, and that was a horrible thing. So we know Esau was loved uh, by Jacob. Was not, was, uh, one loved Esau and the other loved Jacob. We talked about, we see this conflict, the conflict, the struggle, uh, the difficulty, starting in verse 10. And it says, Jacob went from Beersheba and went from towards Haran. They lied upon a certain place and tarried all night because the sun was set and took on the stones of that place and put them for his pillow and laid down in a place to sleep. Here is Jacob, maybe for the first time in his life, leaving out. Remember, he was kind of a homebody, didn't spend probably a whole lot of time outside. And he was out now and just living on his own and didn't have a whole lot, didn't pack for a camping trip, wasn't prepared. And what was his pillow? It was a stone. It was a stone. Not a great situation. Not a great situation. Here was this man who probably learned all, much of his training from his mother, not much from his dad, and uh, now he's in a bad situation. He's in a difficult situation. He's all by himself. It's just him and God. Sometimes when it's just you and God, that's the best place to be. It's the best place to be. Uh, this last week, I was at my mother-in-law's place there in Stero. No internet, no, no, uh, no Netflix, no Hulu, no Disney, no uh, Apple TV, no none of that stuff. No internet service, no Wi-Fi, none of that. I didn't have any of it. I just, all I had was the radio inside the car. 
on my phone, which had one bar. Had one bar. I was, I was thankful for the one bar. And it, it's Saturday morning, I got up, and I was thinking, man, I should do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I had all these plans to do this. And, I, and as if the Spirit of God said to me, Marty, are you going to be Mary or are you going to be Martha? Because it is my tendency to overstep myself, to try to do too much. And I called my daughter and I told her, I told her my plight. And she said, Dad, probably the best thing you can do is just listen to God, what he has to say for you about it. I said, listen to that girl. She's telling me what's right. <laughs> She's telling me what's right. That's good. I need to hear that. Man, I get busy. I get cumbered with all kinds of stuff. Want to do this, want to do that, want to do that. I'd overstend myself, and I probably showed up at, at the house at 2 o'clock in the morning, and my wife would have said, I told you don't do that. How many times have you did that, men? You knew better. You knew better, but you didn't do better. And you overextended yourself, and you got yourself in trouble. And I could have done that. I told Brother, I told brother Chuck, I could have been, I, there's so much stuff to do there. There's, everywhere you look, there's stuff to do. And people to help. And I, I didn't go see that person. I didn't go that, see that person. And so-and-so heard I was there and said, oh, you didn't see me. You didn't see me. Well, you, you can't go see everybody in two days. You can't go see 400 folks in two days. You can't. You can't help everybody. You can just do what you can. Then you've got to come home. And so here he is outside by himself, struggling, difficult, probably, hopefully, some guilt. Some despair, and it's exactly where he needed to be to God's, for God to speak to him. Do you take time out of your schedule for God to speak to you? I mean, get quiet. You know, almost like quiet where you can hear the noise, hear quiet noise. You know, we, we, we have to buy these expensive headphones to have noise cancellation. Oh, no, just get to a place if you can find a place. What was it, Susanna? Was it Susanna Wesley who had so many so many kids in the house? She had to throw her, her uh, apron over her head to get alone inside the house just to have devotion and spend time with God. I mean, that's drastic. But she found, she found some time to spend time with God. She got alone. We live in a noisy world. Everything noisy, tree, I mean, five was at 5.20 in the morning, they were cutting the grass in Turkey Creek. I said, it's 5, no, it's 5.40, 5.40, a couple weeks ago, Sunday morning. I said, what in the world? They need to cut the grass at Turkey Creek. I know these guys like to go early, but that's early. 5.40 in the morning? I mean, you know, and it seems like every time I'm about to have the devotions, I'm getting, I'm starting to read the word of God, and all of a sudden, you got to deal with the devil or something? What's going on with you guys over there? <laughs> it's as soon as I start to read the Bible, it's the, here comes the tractor and it's cutting the grass. It's crazy. God speaks to Jacob and he will speak to you. Do you let him speak to you? Do you let him speak to you? I hope you do. I hope you do. As I was there in the stereo, I, I allow God to speak to me. It's, I would just turn the radio on and he, and he just, there was this guy who was a preacher I hadn't, I hadn't seen this guy in years. He started talking about the storms of life and the troubles that we go through. And I said, I needed that. I needed that. Then this other preacher got on there talking about living for Jesus, pleasing God, 
more than pleasing people. I don't know if you watched that whole Kanye West thing. I'm not a follower of Kanye West or his music or anything. But I like one thing he said. He said, I live for the audience of one. And I don't know all about him, what he's done and who he's, all that stuff. But I know one thing. I like that. I like that. That you and I have to live to please one person. That's Jesus Christ. Because if you live to please everybody else in the world, you wind up pleasing no one. And you will definitely not wind up pleasing Jesus Christ. Who are we trying to please? Those are, some, those are some, some messages that I got to hear to help me out. We see Jacob's departure from home, but Jacob secondly dreamed near Haran. Look at verse 12. The Bible says in verse 12, and he dreamed, and he dreamed. Three elements in Jacob's dream. First of all, the first element of Jacob's dream is a ladder. It says, and behold, a ladder was set on the earth, and its top reaching to heaven. <clears throat> now, ladder can be translated ramp or stairway, literally a smooth, as it were, uh, gate of heaven right down to where Jacob was sleeping or dreaming. Wow. <clears throat> the second element is the angels of God. And the top of it reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of God ascending and descending. Now, you, would, you, you think, you ever dream some crazy stuff? My wife wakes up sometimes after and she said, I dreamed this. I said, how in the world could you even dream that? I don't know what it is. It seems like the older I get, the less I dream. I used to remember, you ever had the dreams where like when you were getting ready to fall off the cliff? You're about ready to fall. You know, you, they say if you actually hit the bottom, then you die. die. Well, I never hit the bottom. I'm still here. Thank God. <laughs> but, you know, you can dream some crazy things. Can you imagine? He's wondering, is this real? Is this a dream? What's going on? So we see the ladder. We see the angels. And in the very presence of God, verse 13, behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land where thou liest to, to thee will I give it into thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and the south. And in thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The same things that were said to Isaac, the same things were said to Abraham. This sneaky snake supplanter, even though he had all these wicked ways and habits about himself, God said, I'm still going to use you. We as human beings, as Christians, we have lots of different areas we struggle, right? Now, if we didn't really care about what everybody was thought about one another, and we just went down the road and I said, what's, what's your number one struggle? Not if, I was going to say snake. <laughs> and we just went down the road and what's your struggle? What's your struggle? What's your struggle? What's your struggle? If we weren't afraid that somebody probably in the church right now is posted on Facebook, we'd be honest with one another <laughs> and tell how we really are. We all have struggles. Don't we? We all struggle with, we, we all, we're sinners saved by grace, but we're still sinners. Some people have this crazy idea that once you get saved, you don't sin no more. I said, how long have you been married? Do you have any kids? Or you, do you work at an actual job? There's no such thing as sinless perfection in this life. It's in the next life. Not in this life. There's no sinless perfection. Now, as Christians, we should, by the grace of God, sin less. We should sin less, but it doesn't mean we're sinless. Okay? But God was willing to use this man, this man who had all kind of issues. What was the four promises and God's blessing to him? First of all, in a compassionate way, God was promises, promising his presence. He says in verse 15, behold, I am with thee. 
You can do a whole lot when you, got, when you know God's with you. You can, hold, you, you can go through anything. One of the greatest days of my entire life when Angie Goosey grabbed my hand in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and said, I'm with you, Moon. <laughs> now, up to that time, she was kind of playing. Well, I, I wasn't sure where was she was going. I didn't know what she was. I honestly didn't know if she was with me or against me. I, I just wanted a commitment. Now, I know that guys nowadays don't do a whole lot with commitment, but I was ready. I was about 24 years old, and I was ready to get married. I just want a commitment. Yay, nay, what? And she grabbed my hand. You see, I had to give her some fudge. It was the fudge. It was the fudge. And she grabbed my hand and said, I'm with you, man. Oh, I'm so glad for that. You know the day that God's with you? He's with you through difficulties, through, through problems, through heartache, through pain, through problems. He's with you. Look, I'm with you. You are not alone. Dear friend, you may feel alone. You ever felt alone? I remember I was at Pensacola Theological Seminary with all those students and all those people. I was in a room by myself, and I was glad I was by myself because I could stay up as late as I want, get up when I want, do what I want. I was, you know, 35 years old, I believe I was or so. And, but in the midst of that, I felt alone. I felt alone. And I had to remind myself in the midst of me being physically alone, I wasn't alone. You're not alone. Secondly, he promises protection. He says, and I will keep thee in all the places where thou goest. Not only are you not alone, God promises his protection, his guardianship. You are, is, is the best place for you to be, dear friend, is in the very center of God's will. Stay there. Stay there. Whatever that is, stay there. The craziest place, the worst places to be is outside of God's will. Outside of God's will, though, may seem to the world the best place is actually the worst place. You're the center of God's will, even though you're in the darkest, craziest, worst place in the world. Some of those places, the mission field, they sound crazy to me. I read some of those letters and it sounds almost dangerous. But if you're in the center of God's will, then you're in perfect place. Are you in the center of God's will tonight? In every area of your life? Are you in the center of his will? He promises his, his, his presence, his protection, his guidance, and I will bring thee again to this land. Will I ever return? Will I ever come back? He, I wonder if he wondered that. You will. God's going to take care of him. He's going to guide him, and he's going to give him assurance. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. He gives him assurance. God gives us assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. How do you have assurance? Well, read the word of God. That's a whole lot of assurance right there. And as you read it, you have confidence, not in yourself, but in the word of God, in God himself. And so we see his promise, his protection to be with him, guidance and assurance. And how does Jacob respond? Secondly, initially, God, his response to, to God's blessing is discerning. It says, Jacob woke from his sleep and said, sure, the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. <laughs> Jacob had localized God. At Isaac's altar, and you know we do that sometimes too. We think, well, you know, church, God is here at the church, but he's nowhere else. No, friend. God's just not here in North Gainesville Baptist Church. He'll be with you tomorrow morning out there working. It, where, ladies, when you're washing the dishes and sweeping the, sweeping the floor and taking care of the laundry, he's with you there. Amen. Man, he's out here at the job site. 
you know, wherever it may be, the cricket. The only thing you can hear maybe is the crickets. God bless you out there with the crickets. You hear all you hear is the wind blowing the trees. That's a beautiful place to be. He's with you there. He's with, where can you be that God's not? He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. Verse 17, he, he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? There is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Out there, can you believe it? God's there? Yeah. Verse 18, Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put in his, for his pillow and set up for a pillar and poured oil upon it on top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of the city was called Luz at the first. Luz means the place of light, translated separation. Bethel means a house of God. He was here in the house of God. Best place you could be in the house of God. House of God. So we see, first of all, his response here, his initial response was a blessing and discerning. But secondly, not only that, his response was to do something foolish. He was going to make a vow. Look at it. First, Jacob's vow was totally self-serving or self-centered. He says in verse 20, now Jacob vowed a vow, saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I go, will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, and don't we do the same thing? Lord, if you give me money, I will do it for you. If you take care of my wife and kids and give them health, I promise you. No, dear friend, don't do the if. Don't, don't, do, it, don't do conditional with God. Just say you will. You don't have to do, you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to go into this thing uh, focusing on your part. No, focus on what God wants you to do. He implied doubt. Secondly, so that I come, so I come again to my father's house in peace. It's, is, uh, you know, all this reliant on me? No, dear friend, it was reliant on God. Third element was a vow was wrong, which is going to bargain God. Then, if I, if I do all these things, then thou shalt be the Lord my God. So he was, he, he was making all these, all these steps, and, but it was all dependent on what God would do for him first, not what he would do for God. No, friend, just commit yourself totally to God. Let him take care of it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Trust him. Don't put up wages. Don't say, well, Lord, if you do this, this, and this, then I will serve you. Lord, if you pay off my, if you pay off, I, I, will, I, will, I will do faith promise if, if I can find a slip, if I can find a slip, I can't find a slip. I will do faith promise if you pay my mortgage. If you pay my brand new Harley Davidson, if you buy, if you pay for my brand new car, if you pay for this trip to Hawaii, if you, well, how much stuff? <laughs> you see, you gonna keep adding to it, and then you want God to do something for you. It'd be like I, I'm a principal, and I said, or administrator, say, you gonna pay your bill for school? Well, I tell you what, I gotta buy a car first, then I'll pay the bill. But once you step out in faith and pay what you already said you would do, then if there's left over, do for yourself. Do right first. You see, we often say, well, I'll do this, 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 then I'll tithe to God. No, how about tithe to God first and let God supply? That's faith. The other one's living by fear. Well, if there's anything left in the, in the month, I will give what's left over to God. Because, you know, no, how about God, when, when you get, when your first thing you do, first thing comes out of your, or your paycheck it, the nice thing to do is what I do. I just set it up on the internet so it's already done. So I don't have this negotiation thing. How much are you going to give in this time? How much are you going to give in this time? No, it's already done. 
just let it be. It's over. Well, I wonder, you know, I, I got to have another gun this year. I got that, you know, guns are on sale this, you know, and I got to get it. No, it's over, done. Don't play that game. Well, if, maybe, should I? It's done. Give it to him. So Jacob promised to acknowledge God as his God. Second, Jacob offers to make a memorial. It says in verse 22, the stone which I will set up a pillar shall be, shall be at God's house. He's going to set up a moral out of gold. No, pile of rocks. <laughs> Thirdly, Jacob offers a tenth of a substance. And in verse 22b, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. People say, preacher, should I give tenth of the, of, of the, of the sum, uh, the net, or the gross? Well, how much blessing do you want? You want a real, you want a lot of blessing, a little blessing. Give a tenth of all that you have. Give a tenth. Dear friend, I can say to you, never outgive God. Never outgive God. You take care of you, 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 you obey God, you honor God, and He'll take care of you. He will do things in your life that you cannot even imagine. I told you the story. I was getting ready to go to school. I need $777, and I was working for this guy. And he said, how much do you need to go back to Bob Jones University? I said, $777. And he said, done. I didn't have the money. He did. God supplied the way. My daughter's college bill. People pay on that thing. I don't even know how, how, I don't even know how it's going to get done. He does it. He takes care of it. He provides. But it's living by faith. It's not trying to figure out every little penny, figure it all out. I'm not saying you should know what you have and how much you should have and where it's all going. Yeah, you should know all that. But do you live it by faith in your finances at all? Or is it all just logistics? You have to have everything right, perfect, and not trusting God for any of it. Dear friend, if you're not trusting God for any of it, how are you going to be involved in faith promise? You have to believe that he will supply the extra. Do you believe God can give you extra work to, make, to take care of your faith promise? When I was in Bible college, I would hear about these stories of people would go to their P.O. box and they would get little slips. Your, 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 your college bill is paid. And I'd be envious of that. I said, man, wouldn't that be wonder, wonderful? You know, God never did that to me. You know what he did? He gave me more work. <laughs> he said, son, you're not going to get it all paid for. I'm going to supply, but it's going to be jobs. And dear friend, if you want to work hard, there's jobs galore out there. People are begging people to work. And it will always be that for somebody who's willing there to get there early, work hard, be, be dedicated, not complain, not gripe, stay to the very end and do that day after day after day and after day and after day and after day. Maybe me and my son, my son tells me, even down there at Chick-fil-A, well, we got folks won't show up, won't show up. You mean you're not going to show up at Chick-fil-A? What? What? Come on now. No, friend. Work hard. God will provide. So God, Jacob promises to acknowledge God as his God. J Jacob, secondly, offers to make a moral to God. Thirdly, he offers a tenth to his, to his substance. How does God res respond to all this? Silence. Silence. Sometimes when we, we make all these commitments to God, we're waiting for the thunders, the lightning, and sometimes God is just quiet. Just quiet. 
Not only that, he's patient. He's patient. Because you know what? God neither, neither slumber nor sleeps. He's working. We can't see him working, but he's working. He's working behind the scenes on our behalf to help us, to mold us and shape us to the image of Jesus Christ. This is a supplanter. This is a sneaky snake. But he's going to find somebody that's even sneakier than him. And his name is Laban. Sometimes the best teacher in life is experience and failure. Somebody would say, well, I wish God would give me a ladder. <laughs> I never had a dream like that. Never saw a ladder. Never saw angels. Never heard the word of God kind of like that. Well, think about it. John chapter 1, verse 48 Nathaniel is contemplating concerning the Messiah under a fig tree brought to Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 48, Nathaniel saith unto him, whence, whence, whence knowest me? Whence, whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said to me, before Philip called thee, when thou wast under a fig tree, I saw thee. Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, art thou the son of God? Thou art the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said, and because I said to thee, I saw thee under a fig tree, believest thou? Thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. Verse 51, he said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, here, here you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What? The Son of Man? Who is that? Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus right there. Jesus was right there. Jesus, in effect, said, I am the ladder. I am the way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man come to the Father but by me. I'm the way. I'm the only way to get to heaven. I am the way to heaven. I'm the only way. And you and I have him. We have a relationship with him. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. God wants us to live in a way that the whole world sees that we personally have a relationship with God. When people see that on your workplace, when things don't go your way, do you say praise the Lord or you say something else? When it's a little hot outside and you're constantly complaining about the weather, are you praising God that you have a job? Are you at your workplace complaining about your mate, what they do, what they don't do for you? Are you thanking God that you do have a mate? Are you complaining about your health or about the country or about the leader or about whatever else? Or are you thanking God that you live still in the greatest country in the world? How are you? When people around you, do they see Jesus? Or do they see someone a whole lot more like the devil? Someone a whole lot like Jacob a lot of times. Sneaky snake, supplanter, mischievous, can't trust him. Who do they see? Who do they see? Is Christianity real in your life? I heard a story of a several American ministers were visiting collective farm in Siberia. The local commissar, that's how you spell it, say it, not knowing they were ministers, told them that the people were very proud of their church, that they wanted to take them to see the church. The ministers followed them down a path through the, the village. Way soon as they were surprised, they noticed a beautiful white building with onion-shaped turrets. As these ministers drew closer to the building, they noticed that on the walls of the church, Communistic slogans had been painted. Also noticed that the yard was fairly well kept. It appeared to be a place of worship. Perhaps people even there was even there, there now. Who knew? 
as the ministers walked through the front doors, they were surprised to find the vestibule much like an ordinary church. However, when they stopped, stepped through the doors leading to the auditorium, their mouths dropped open. It was no longer any semblance of a church sanctuary. It was covered from floor to ceiling with chicken coops filled with chick cackling hens. The commissar gestured proudly to her and said, Our church is a chicken hatchery. It's the finest one in Siberia. And he said, chickens are real, God isn't. Chickens are real, God isn't. You know what I fear? I fear sometimes we have the same attitude that God's not real. You know, by our actions and by our attitude sometimes, it's as if we live that God is not real. That we know it in theory, but we don't put it to practice. It's not, it's, it's, yes, it's here in the church on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, but what about the work-a-day life? What about at home? What about tonight? What about tomorrow? What about Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday? Yes, we worship the Lord here, but do you worship him out there? Yes, we're Christians here, but do you act like Christians out there? Do the world sees that you know Jesus Christ? Can they see it at your job site? They see it in your life. Here in the rocky region of Luz, God came to Jacob and said, I'm here. I designed the pillow that you, la- that you laid your head upon. I planned your path. You're fearful. You're, tri- you're, tr- you're frightening. You're frightful. But I have a plan for your life. And even in all your distress and even all your troubles and even all your difficulties and even though You've made so many mistakes. Jacob, I am here. I'm here. We have that promise in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Sometimes we may not feel like God is close to us, but he promises he will never never leave us. I will never leave you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Dear friend, you don't have to worry if, if God's with you. He is with you. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us and prompts us, encourages us, and shows us where we're struggling, lightens our path, gives us direction, and helps us along the way. Dear friend, thank God that he cares about us. He cares about us. He won't leave you nor forsake you. Friends may. Family may. Some people I was talking to down there in Fort Myers, I called this old brother and I said, how you doing? It's just like, oh, it's tough. I said, don't give up. Don't quit. God's still there. People, people, people still care. Yeah, they do. No man is an island to themselves. We have a God cares for us and desires to be even closer than he is right now. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. I pray, God, we'd realize the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. He's closer than a brother. He's that friend that sticketh closer than the brother. Oh, God, help us, Lord, to realize that, not just in theory, but in practice. That we cry out to you, Father, in our times of need, in our times of loneliness, in our times of weariness, 
in our times of frustration, in our times of guilt and difficulty and pain, that we cry out and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Thank you that you're always near. With head bowed and eyes closed, maybe someone in this room doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and says, Preacher, I've, I've, I've prayed prayers, or maybe even you've gotten baptized, maybe you've even joined churches, but there's never been a time where you recognize the fact that you're a sinner. Jesus Christ is the only Savior. You place your trust in him. Preacher, I don't know if I'm saved. I'm not sure I'm a Christian, but I want to make sure tonight. Would you pray for me, anybody at all tonight?